Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Case File 18 of Microscope, the show that examines some of the world's biggest mysteries. This episode we're talking about a story I'm sure we're all familiar with, as we try and work out exactly what went wrong and why so many people died at the Dinosaur Carnival. I phoned up Peter Dumplins, someone who has worked in a variety of carnivals for many years as the operator of a moderately profitable coconut shy. But for reasons that he will reveal over the course of the show, the last fun fair that Peter worked at was overrun by dinosaurs. Initially created as a tourist attraction, these dinosaurs eventually caused the deaths of hundreds of individuals, and the carnival was shut down. For the first time ever, we will hear an exclusive first-hand account of what happened, how these dinosaurs were engineered, and what went wrong. But the recording starts with me asking Peter how the dinosaur carnival first came into being, and what it was like in those early days. Well, it was just run uh, as a normal carnival. Uh, you know, a ghost train, coconut shy, candy floss machine. Uh, oh, you know, all the fun of the fair. But it was run by professors, which I always was a bit confused about. You know, I did wonder why people of their intellect would, uh, you know, waste their time travelling the country in carts and trucks and setting up, uh, you know, go-karts and stuff like that. And what field were these professors involved in? I'm going to assume it's some sort of, you know, genetics, some sort of paleontology kind of areas. Yeah, the, uh, the main uh, guy who ran the, um, the fair, his name was uh, Diaz. That's all I ever knew him as. Professor Diaz. Professor Diaz. He was a paleontologist. He was also interested in uh, eugenics. And uh, he also made a fantastic creme brulee. When did you start noticing dinosaurs being brought in by the professors then? You're running a normal coconut shy one day. There's presumably stalls to your left and right. What differences do you start noticing? Well, you know, uh, the thing about Funfair is that you do get a lot of uh, very interesting people. Uh, I'll give you that. So I remember the day uh, Diplodocus walked through the fair. I, I just thought it was, uh, you know, like Warhorse. I just thought it was a few of the lads. They maybe had a bit of free time and they decided to, uh, you know, get dressed as a Diplodocus and walk through, give everyone a bit of a lift because it was a 2008 terrible recession. So I thought, yeah, bit of fun. There's a dinosaur. You know, it, and it walked past me. Uh, as a joke, I said, do you want to have a go on the coconut shy? And he, uh, he, he ate about eight of the coconuts, and then he, you know, he walked off. But I just thought that was funny. We all laughed. But it did come back, actually, uh, a few days later, and I could tell he wanted to have another go, and he was brilliant. He, he, he picked one up, and then I just, I, again, I thought it was one of my mates, so I was talking to his legs, thinking that my mate was in his leg. Uh, so it must have looked mad, looking back. I feel such a fool, because I was screaming at this Diplodocus legs, saying, 
you know, spit the coconut out and you could win a prize. Right. But, um, you know, looking back, I must have looked crazy. You thought it was a sort of pantomime diplodocus with people in his legs and around his body? Yeah, I thought my mate Jim was in the left leg. So uh, I was looking for the door. You know what I mean? Because this thing's massive. Have you ever seen a diplodocus? Mm. Fucking hell. Huge. It's apparently it's like 33 metres long and six <laughs> metres high. Yeah. I mean, again, I didn't know at the time because when you're on the ground and you look up, you can't tell how tall things are really. Sure. But I, I, uh, I remember looking up thinking, wow. What a piece of architecture. Little did I know it was flesh and blood. And, so, and people were still visiting the park, presumably. Normal human people. What did they think of the, the, the dinosaurs mm. roaming around the fair? Uh, well, uh, they were absolutely uh, terrified. I remember one flew across. Uh, I don't know the name of it specifically, but it, were, it looked like a pterodactyl kind of thing. Right, but it wasn't. Well, it might have been. I'm not quite there fast. But it was, uh, that thing was uh, coming down and uh, eating people's uh, chips. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, and uh, you know those donuts you get at fun fairs? Uh, they love them. So people were running around screaming. But a lot of that was happening in the ghost train. So I just thought they were having a bumper summer. I just thought that was going extremely well. Little did I know uh, that a evaporator, I don't know if you know what they are. They're about the size of a human. Evaporator? You've made that up. Is that an actual dinosaur? A rapper, a viraptor, a viraptor. A velociraptor or a evaporator? Do you know what? This is the thing. After a while, we had to stop putting name badges on these guys because they were walking around and they were going backstage. And I remember bumping into uh, an evaporator. Ev- ev- is it a velociraptor you'll be trying to say? Stop it. Stop it. I would never do this to you. I'm not wasting your time. I'm not wasting my time. An evaporator. A velociraptor. Oviraptor. O-V-I-R-A-P-T-O-R. A veraptor. Right, okay, sorry. This thing was scary as hell. And it, it did me out of... It kept on doing side bets, which I lost a lot of money with him. Horrible, horrible. So they'd been, they'd been brought back and bred to become, what, more intelligent than they were all those years ago? Well, you know, it, like I said, it was when I was losing money. I was playing poker with uh, a Baranox and a, uh, a Diplodocus again. Probably easier if a lot of the stories feature a Diplodocus, as that's, that's the most <laughs> pronounceable. But, of course, you know, whatever happened, happened. Well, there's, there's a hell of a lot more that I could talk about. <laughs> yeah, are there? The Diplodocus <laughs> and the Avriraptor yeah. was... They did me out of so much money in the poker. So I, I, I thought, you know what? Yeah, fair enough. These guys sweep up on the poker table. They sweep up on sports day. Sports day? Yeah, we have a little sports day with all the carny folk. And, uh, yeah, the theropods. I mean, the Avirapta. The avir- <laughs> the avir- yeah. <laughs> the Avirapta could run uh, 69 uh, kilometres an hour. So no, That's pretty quick. Yeah. And he's competing with you humans. He's competing with me, uh, Professor Diaz, and uh, a couple of the lads who run the Dodgers. And what did Professor Diaz make of all this? I guess, obviously, he's engineering these dinosaurs and these changes to the park. Was he worried about what might happen, or did you just sort of get a sense from him that he was out of control? I had, I thought he'd just pick them up. You know, I just thought he'd gone uh, via, you know, I don't know, a zoo of some kind and just thought they were fun to add to the carnival. Little did I know that he and uh, Professor Egon, uh, who's another guy on the board of the carnival, the board of the carnival well you know the carnival has a board and then it's got the workers and i'm one of the workers sure basically we had a meeting one day and professor egon and professor diaz said uh we've got a bit of a problem lads and i was like 
Yeah, we do. Uh, because I've just been fleeced by a Diplodocus <laughs> in a poker game last night. Yeah, and I had the receipts to prove it because they they're very you know they're very clever at keeping tabs on you. Anyway, I said, uh, yeah, we do have a bit of problem. And so were the dinosaurs, the dinosaurs were locked down, were they, during the day? How, how, how do they not escape normally? Well, the biggest problem is that they were allowed out. They were allowed keys. I think the, right. you know, the, the idea was that they would be uh, responsible dinosaurs. Now, again, I, I've got no idea if you've ever uh, met a dinosaur, but uh, they're not very responsible. They're terrible drivers. They, they have terrible table manners. Uh, you know, the T-Rex, elbows on the table at all times. And um, uh, the Velociraptors are very rude. They're just very, like, they're just very rude people. Did you get a sense from the dinosaurs that they understood you? They understood English? I mean, I suppose you are involved in full games of poker, so they had a, a reasonable knowledge of human customs. But did you sense that there was a, a communication that went both ways? Uh, well, I, you know, did they understand English? I don't know, but... They understood Royal Flush. They understood Two Pair. They understood, uh, I'm going to have to pay you that five grand next week. I don't have it. They understood all that. They understood interest. But when it came to, uh, excuse me, that was my dinner. Why have you eaten that plus the plate and cutlery? Uh, they just buggered off. Yes. And what and what happened? Like Professor Diaz becoming increasingly concerned by, the, by this behaviour? You mentioned you had one meeting before. Were there, were there further follow-ups? How do they try and contain the problem? Well, uh, Professor Diaz was a nasty uh, individual, something I didn't realise when I started working for him, but now, you know, in hindsight, uh, <laughs> in hindsight, I see it now. I see it very clearly. When he was arrested, the police raided his uh, office and took away the laptops and the hard drives, and they discovered what he wanted to do. Which was what? He wanted to make a carnival completely of dinosaurs. He wanted. Yeah, to- I think we've got that. I think we're, I don't think that's a surprise, is it? I think that was clear from the from the get go. Well, it wasn't clear to me. Little did I know that the actual ghost train was not a ghost train at all. I'd never seen anyone go in it. It was a complete front for what was going on behind, which was you know a huge lab where they were building dinosaurs. And it, it was his pension. He was going to make a lot of money out of this. He was going to be famous all over the world. And the idea was that he could come along, pet a T-Rex, and then uh, have a cheeseburger. You know? Yeah. Perfect. I mean, what more, could, what more could people want? The problem was, like I said, he trusted them with keys. He didn't treat them like the beasts and the animals that they are, but as uh, normal humans. And so he let them out. And that was his biggest downfall. And in the trial, in court, he said, my biggest regret is that I treated the dinosaurs like my own children. I gave them pocket money, I gave them keys to the house, I gave them birthday parties, and uh, I also, you know, enrolled them in school. He really followed through with that, with that line of thought. Well, you know, the guy was mad. I remember the jury went, the guy's mad. What, out loud in the court? Well, one did, so he had to go. Right. One of the jurors went, he's guilty as fuck. And the, the <laughs> judge went, right, you can't say that now. Don't swear in my courtroom and yeah. uh, please leave. The guy stood up. He only had two legs. Now, that's uh, that's completely normal, of course. But his arms were very small. Right. And everyone was like, uh, you know, okay. Yeah, I think we could see where it's going. He was a dinosaur. I mean, I, I, I want to talk about the trial of Professor Diaz at some point. But let's set the scene with what happened at the dinosaur carnival first. <laughs> Carnage. 
absolute carnage. The worst, the Valentine massacre was the worst day. Has to be, that, that really was the worst day. I want to get onto the, the as you say, that Valentine massacre um, very quickly, but I just want to sort of just paint a picture of what it was like. And you what? You move location to location every month or so. What was it like picking up the theme park and packing everything away with these dinosaurs in tow? Well, I, uh, I like I said, I became quite friendly with the dinosaurs, and they, to be fair to them, they were very good workers when it came to packing away uh, the carnival. They were very good at lifting, uh, very good at moving things about. Uh, and also travelling as well. We didn't really have to hire any trucks. You just put it on the back. But uh, a T-Rex is a carnival. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that, that is a problem when working with other humans. And not just working, being involved in a carnival with guests. Well, yeah. I mean, again, I didn't realise this. People thought the T-Rex was a joke. They thought it was... They, if you saw a T-Rex in your high street, you wouldn't think it's a T-Rex. What would you think? You think it's uh, an illusion or a puppet. You don't yeah. think it's the real thing. I saw one kid, he climbed up the thing, and I was looking, going, don't do that. He, he <laughs> yeah. climbed up the neck, he got in the jaws, and he went, look, Dad, gone. Like that, snapped up. And so how many... just swallowed, whole. Never saw him again. Well, I did see him again. Yeah, I, I, yeah we don't need that particular element. So people then started uh, charging, thinking it was a ride. I mean, it was just... Disgusting. What's going through your mind during all this? You, you're still happy to work at the carnival, but you've had these meetings with Professor Diaz. Did you did you go back to the behind the ghost train to try and confront him? Well, I'm going to be brutally honest with you. I was going through a terrible time personally. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I uh, I was going through a bad divorce, and I was I was racking up a lot of debts. <laughs> yeah, you're play, playing poker all the time. Well, yeah, you shouldn't judge a man though by their debts. You should judge a man by uh, what they've spent it on. And, you know, I remember saying that to my bank manager. He went, look, you're 100 grand in debt. And I went, don't judge me on that. Judge me on what I spent it on. And he went, well, what have you uh, spent it on? And I went, I'm playing card games with dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. And he, uh, he, he... He took a dim view to that. He thought I was lying. He said, there's no bloody way you're doing that. Where are you spending the money? And I went, I'm not lying. Look at my car. He looks out of his window. And uh, I didn't have a driver's license at the time. So I had a uh, triceratops drive me to the bank manager. And I said, uh, does that look like I'm lying? That guy took two grand off me yesterday. And the triceratops waved. <laughs> waved? Uh, well, well, they don't have fingers, so it's hard to work out. He kind of like... It, Moved his leg up and down. They've got round feet, don't they? Really? Yeah, like a sort of elephant. Yeah, imagine an elephant waving at you with, 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 with their foot. Yeah. You know, that's what was going on. So the bank manager went, I'm sorry I doubted you. And I said, no worries. Uh, can I have 100 grand? He went, no. So, uh, you know, I was... I had, I was, I was you really, were in a tough financial situation. I really was. So I had to carry on working and I had to turn a blind eye. You know, I remember Professor Diaz and uh, Professor uh, Egon. They were getting... You should see the trucks that were arriving. I mean, I've always wondered what was in them. They were making so much noise. They kept telling me it was just horses. But I thought, Horses? Oh. Well, they kept saying it was horses. And I remember thinking, they ain't horses. I think they're dinosaurs. And were they creating the dinosaurs on site, or were they making them elsewhere and then shipping them in? They were using uh, a magazine where the first issue was only four ninety nine, and then uh, over a series of two hundred issues, it was twelve ninety nine, which they didn't realise when they started it. So they were a bit annoyed about that. And the magazine enabled you to have a dinosaur. Well, issue one was an embryo. Issue two hundred was eyebrows. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's the Christmas before the Valentine's Massacre. The fair's quite busy, and you get a real sense, I suppose, that things are going wrong. Yeah, I, I thought... I thought we were in trouble here. Uh, have you seen Jurassic Park? <laughs> yeah. We're going, we're going straight there, are we? I haven't seen it. Right. Uh, one of the lads on the Dodgems uh, lent me the DVD. Sure. And he said, you should watch this. Because <laughs> there's a genuine chance that that could happen here. He just went, watch this. What did you think of it when you when you watched it? I didn't watch it. You didn't watch it? No. I'm, 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 you know, I was struggling with debt, and I'd sold my uh, DVD player. Mm. So I didn't have anything to play on. Did you read the blurb? I did read the blurb, yes. I, you know, I'm going to paraphrase the blurb. Sure. I'm going to do a blurb for the blurb. Sure. Uh, normal park, kicks off, uh, dinosaurs in the park. They've got keys. Oh, well, they've got keys, but... I, did, I said I hadn't seen it. Don't ruin it for me. So I uh, I went back to the boys and I said, look, I've sold my DVD player to pay off my debts, but I've read the blurb. Something ain't right. And they shared your concerns. They were worried, I guess reasonably so, that giving dinosaurs free roam of a carnival was going to be a problem. Well, there was a raptor who uh, had set up his own dodgems next to their dodgems. Mm. There was competition within the fair itself. They started taking over like that, yeah. They start, you know, there's, there's a kind of rule that you don't, you know. You work together. Sally, who works two huts next to mine, she's got the donuts, then in the middle is uh, the candy floss, and I do the coconut shine. If I started selling donuts, Sally would go, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. This raptor turned up, and again, I haven't seen Jurassic Park, I don't know if they do it in this, but he started setting up his own dodgems, and he charged a quid less. So the brothers were absolutely buggered. And so the dinosaurs started taking over the park, but not so much in a eating people sense, but initially a financial one, as they replaced all of your occupations with their own, trying to undercut everybody at every turn. Well, this is the thing, you know, at school you learn about dinosaurs, don't you? And everyone says, what's the point of this? You know, I never needed Pythagoras's theorem. Why the hell are you teaching me about dinosaurs? Why don't you teach me about, I don't know, contraception and tax? Things that I actually are going to need in my lifetime. What, what, what year were you taught dinosaurs? <laughs> that contraception and tax would have been a better topic for education. Well, I don't want to reveal my age, if that's okay. Fine. But I did listen when they taught me dinosaurs. <laughs> I was the only one who was interested in them. Everyone at school was ignoring them. But I remember the uh, Rookiosaurus. I remember the T-Rex, the Triceratops. The one that I really liked was the Stegosaurus. Do you remember that guy? He had 50 peas in his back. <laughs> yeah. 
I remember thinking, now that looks like a nice one. You know what I mean? He looks calm. There's a calmness to it. And little did I know that 40 years later, as a grown man, I would be proved right. So he was calm. So although the other dinosaurs were trying to take over the the sort of various elements of the fun fair, the carnival, the Stegosaurus was was what the opposite of that. Well, the T Rex was a bully. You know, like the mafia go round to everyone and take a cut, and they say it's for security. Yeah. So you know, a, a mafia person will go to a cafe and go, "We give you security. No one's going to mess with you, but we also need ten percent of your takings." That's what the T-Rex did. How did he communicate that? He had a sign wrapped his neck. And who wrote the sign? He did. Professor Egon. Oh, so Egon and Egon and Diaz were, were in on it. Oh, absolutely right. Because the I'm thing genuinely was, hooked by this. Because the dinosaurs couldn't spend the money. So they sent the dinosaurs out to steal money from us, the workers. Sure. Uh, but, you know, it was the dinosaurs that were getting the bad rap because they were the ones that were collected. So the T-Rex would come round, he had a sandwich board around his neck and he'd collect the money, and you knew it was going to Professor Egon, you knew it was going to Professor Diaz, but you couldn't say anything because it's a bloody T-Rex. You know, to him, you're a ham sandwich. I was feeling very down in the dumps. The brothers on the Dodrums were, they were being run out of business by the... Uh, uh, the raptor. By the raptor. The Stegosaurus, he always kept himself to himself. What was his role in the, in the fun fair? He ran the toilets. Right. Anyway, I saw him one day. It was, it was a quiet day. It was pouring with rain. So uh, I didn't have any customers at the coconut shy. But uh, I went over to the toilets and I, 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 I saw the steg. And um, he looked at me and I could just tell he wanted to tell me something. Yes. I got closer and I realised it wasn't a real dinosaur. It was a group of lads who were in a costume. Okay. I recognised the eyes. It was a bloke called Charlie who I used to work with about six years back at the carnival. He stuck his head through the Stegosaurus's mouth and said, Come in the toilets, quick! And I went, Fucking hell, I couldn't believe it! Because the eyes came out of the dinosaur's skull and I went, Oh my God, and then he fainted. And then your mate who you haven't seen for six years, his head came out of the mouth. But in reality, it was what? It was a, a prop constructed by disgruntled workers formerly at the carnival to try and what? Put a stop to what was going on. Exactly. I went into the toilets. I said, boys, I haven't seen you for six years. And they went, are you aware of what's going on here? The carnival has been overrun by dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, it's worth clarifying that. <laughs> and I said, I'm aware of that, but it is bringing a lot of tourism. And we, you know, we are making a bit of money. Not today because of the weather, but we are making some money. And they went... You are reading this all wrong. They sat me down on one of the assistants. On one of the on one of the assistants on the toilet itself. How oh, no, disgusting. They said Professor Egon and Professor Diaz have made the dinosaurs to make more money, and not only make more money off punters so they can tour the world, but also to create a ecosystem where the dinosaurs actually run the fair, and you're going to lose your job. Now, I couldn't get into any more debt. I had to keep my job. And so, that is when we decided to infiltrate the dinosaurs. Right. What does that mean, and how did it play out? You dressed up as dinosaurs, you started going to the places where they sleep and where they eat? Well, um, as you're aware, uh, D-Day took a lot of planning and was heavily reliant on the weather. And uh, that was very much the case for the equivalent of our D-Day. Myself and the others who were in the uh, Stegosaurus, the carnival was so important to us, we all decided to get in touch with everyone who had worked with us over the years, over the past 20 years or so, and, you know, we got, uh, we got about 400 names. We told them what was going on. 
we said we need to rescue uh, the fair from the hands of Professor Egon and Professor Diaz and the dinosaurs. We need to attack. The provisional date was February the 10th, but because of weather, it landed on Valentine's Day. Now, we lost about 100 people because they said it's Valentine's Day. You know, I'm taking my uh, husband, my wife out. Yeah, that seems fair enough. Uh, sorry, I, sorry, I can't launch an attack on a carnivore run by dinosaurs and mad professors. I have a date that evening. Well, I wish some of them had been that polite and uh, replied like that, but some of them just, you know, went, I'm busy. Right, OK. So, um, in the end, there was about 209 of us. They all got done up like dinosaurs, and the plan was to use me as bait, uh, swarm the staff room, and swarm the ghost train, and, uh, you know, attack. Put a stop to it. Absolutely right, yes. Now, what we had not factored in was that, like I said, it was Valentine's Day. Sure. So, you know, when a group of dinosaurs who have been working together for this point up to five years are bored, and then... 209 other dinosaurs turn up on Valentine's Day, they get very excited. Sure. So, all I, basically, it became a dance. Right, so not so much a massacre as, as just a, as a dance. Well, it was a prom. It was a prom. Right. They all came in, and, you know, all the other dinosaurs, all the girls, all the boys, their eyes lit up. They all started kind of, uh, you know, basically trying to get off with each other. It was debauchery. It was a scandal. Debauchery? Um, I don't... Yes, it was debauch. This was, a, this, was, this was a massacre. We're not there yet. Right. Things are heating up in the staff room. This big dance between these two groups of dinosaurs, one of them played, of course, by disgruntled workers dressed up. Dinosaurs have needs, and um, they all were having a, you know, a wonderful evening. Like I said, it got slightly debauched. The lights were low, let's just put it like that. If everyone's getting on so well, how did it end up in such a calamity? Well, someone broke ranks. Uh, I'm not going to say who, but uh, someone, I think, was getting very, very hot in their uh, in their costume. Just peeled off their skin. Yeah, took the costume off. And you know, like, in the film, the vinyl stopped. It went, you know, it went like that. The lights went up. The lights went up. <laughs> There's a dinosaur on the lights. Yeah. There was a gasp. They all turned around and looked at this person. They then looked at each other. And no one in that room knew who was fake and who wasn't. Trust had completely gone. And uh, that's when they, uh, well, that's when the massacre started. The dinosaurs just started attacking everybody. People they believed were fake dinosaurs, were real dinosaurs. No one knew who was who. So the T-Rex were called in, security. They you mean called in? They just kind of, you know, gave them a nod, like, uh, I think you better come in. So they went in, and it was a massacre. I, again, I, like I said, I'm not using that word lightly. Dinosaurs are beasts. They were even attacking their own because they didn't know who was fake and who wasn't. You know, I've, I've, I've had other jobs. You know, the staff room after a uh, Christmas do is a state. A staff room after half of the staff think the other half are not real. It's an absolute bloodbath. It was so sad. About 30 real dinosaurs and... Um, 209. 209 of uh, my dearest friends all perished in uh, the Valentine's Day massacre. And did any dinosaurs survive? Well, one one did survive. The uh, 
Giganotaurus. The what, sorry? The Giganotaurus? Giganotaurus. Giganotaurus. Yeah, yeah. Giganotaurus. Looks like a, looks a bit like a T-Rex, actually. Right. Uh, b- b- bigger calves. Sure. Uh, he wrote a book, an explosive... Uh, tell all. Yeah, yeah, tell all. Kiss and tell about the Valentine's Day massacre. And uh, he went on Parkinson. How do you, uh, how do you conduct a, um, a chat show with an individual that doesn't talk? They zoomed in on his eyes, and uh, they got an interpreter to say what he thought the dinosaur was thinking. Uh, and, but you could, tell, uh, you could tell success had gone to his head a little bit, because he was wearing a toupee. What happened to Professor Diaz? Did he disappear after the massacre? Did you ever find him again? The, his glasses were found at the scene, and so people presumed that he'd been eaten uh, by a T-Rex. Triceratops. One of the many other dinosaurs. <laughs> well, yeah, it could have been any of them. But uh, I got a letter and out fell a uh, postcard yeah. from Professor Diaz ah, saying he'd escaped. he had escaped, that he was living in Brazil, he wanted to thank me for my help, and that things hadn't turned out how he wished they had, and that he hoped I was running a very successful coconut shy on the British Isles. And what was he doing in Brazil? He was setting up a carnival run by mammoths. Right. It's the same problem again, although I guess they are a more docile creature. Uh, yeah, he said the biggest regret of his life was <laughs> <Yeah>. getting... Uh, <laughs> was, was implementing a carnival run by dinosaurs. He did say dinosaurs. He said meat eaters. Yeah. And I, I actually agree with him. Because if he had only used... Imagine a fairground run by herbivores. Mm. Everything's a lot more calmer. You know, if you remember, I told you, the first time I met these guys was when a Diplodocus Mm. just walked past me and ate some coconuts. Now, I run a coconut shy. What's the worst thing a customer can do? Well, it sounds like that. (laughs) But I guess what you're you're alluding to is that a, a greater risk is that, as did happen... You get eaten. Well, exactly. It could have been worse. It could have eaten me. Are you still running a coconut shy yourself? Well, yes, yes. Look, everyone loves a coconut shy. If you do hit a coconut off, the prize is something that I've, ne- I've never, I've, I haven't told anyone this. Uh, so I don't know. You, you can brand it an exclusive, whatever you want to do. I stole an, an egg. It hasn't hatched yet. I hide it amongst the coconuts. I've painted it uh, uh, brown, so it looks like a coconut. Uh, The problem is, I, in painting it to look like a coconut... (laughs) Yep, it has been hit at by (laughs) various balls. It has suffered quite some damage. Yep, it's sort of just a scrambled dinosaur egg (laughs) over the back of your coconut shy. Yes. Now, I feel very guilty about that, because I think that might have been the last one. But, uh, you know, if anyone wants... Like any DNA or anything like that. Uh, Do if they get, get in touch. Get in touch with you, and you can get in touch with me. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll certainly talk to anyone, and we can talk about offers there. Because I am still very much in debt. Well, Peter Dumplings, thank you very much for joining us. 
I appreciate you listening to me, and uh, I mean, what a tale that was. Yes, indeed. Well, that's what we've got time for. This episode was researched by John Kearns and edited by Matt Ewins. Sound effects were added by Ben Williams, and the theme music was by Nikki Green. We're going to take a tiny break when we get to 20 episodes, which means the next one, number 19, will be the penultimate episode for a few weeks, I think. Still two more to look forward to, and the next episode, it's very exciting. I'll be interviewing a caretaker on the International Space Station. We'll be talking about what the hell's been happening up there. Some spooky stuff, that's for sure. But until then, remain vigilant, and catch you next time on Microscope. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.